No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE, and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Cole. I am joined, as I always am, for the Thursday edition with Lee Sharp, one of our betting experts. Lee, this is this is a true Thursday night football matchup. It's not it's not the traditional Titans Jaguars, which yeah, some of its shine has been lost with the Ryan Tannehill breakout and, and things like that with Titans Jaguars. But this this might replace it with Dolphins Jaguars. This could be the new matchup. So I, I'm excited about this. Yeah, no, the Titans got better. They had to they had to promote him out, but. Uh... You know, sneakily, they uh, the Jaguars uh, are uh, show, showing a little spunk lately. Yeah, yeah. There's wow. there's definitely Minshew mania in the air. When he was telling all of us in the preseason that we should take him in the first round, he may have been that may have been a little early, but he he was he was insulted and it fired him up. Similar to how uh, uh, drafting Jordan Love had fired up Aaron Rodgers, I think Minshew was also fired up by by all all fantasy drafters ignoring him. So th- th- this should be a, a very exciting matchup. I know you've been tracking what's going on with the betting markets, your feelings on, on the game. Why don't you you break down a little bit for me what what you're thinking about going into this Thursday night matchup? Yeah, uh, this this line has uh, jumped around some. Uh, you know, preseason sort of looking ahead to this game, it was um, you know the Dolphins minus one and a half is the favorites, um, and you know a little bit after week one and stuff, and 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 so on, it shifted to a pick'em uh, before week two, and then you know after after the pick'em, especially with the you know Titans loss, but only by three that thirty three thirty game to the to the Titans. Uh, you know, has clearly made the market a little bit more excited about Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, that is uh, now that's the lines at Jacksonville minus three. There's also some two and a halfs out there that are heavily juiced toward Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, the the offseason theme was that the Jaguars were tanking, uh, similar to how everyone was saying this about the Dolphins last year, because, you know, the, yeah, this is in um, this is in Jacksonville. So we're talking about 
like, like you're mentioning that initial line that, uh, a while back, uh, one and a half points towards the Dolphins, assuming they would have that much more improvement. So it's it's moved quite a ways. And I don't want to say it's been totally uns, uh, um, unsuspected with the Jaguars. I mean, Minshew was graded well as a rookie. He didn't necessarily perform extremely well on an efficiency basis, but he wasn't necessarily that bad either. Uh, how are you feeling about Minshew and what we've seen so far this year? Are you are you believing the hype? Are you believing the performance? Um, I'm I'm pretty excited, but I'll, but you know I don't I don't want to go go overdo it. But uh, you know, to me, I think he's I, I'm I'm willing to say that I think there's a good chance that he's average, right? As opposed to sort of the he's bad. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm excited to watch him. I think he, he's, he's fun and good. If you look at the, the offense right now and EPA per play, the Jaguars are top 10 and, uh, you know, and, uh, defense not as good clearly, but, uh, you know, I, I think that, that Minshew is putting together and, you know, you talked about the tanking. One of the things that's always tricky about these is the GM might be tanking, but the coaches and the players aren't. They want to play They're You know, they have contracts, they have reputations and stuff. And so, you know, I think that that's going to help. You know, I think that, you know, people discounting the tanking a little bit too much sometimes. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple. There's actually an angle I hadn't thought about until you mentioned the coaching angle is not only could Minshew mess up tanking for Trevor, he could also be securing another year of Doug Marone in that, in that regime, <laughs> uh, who were supposedly on their way out. So, you know, calm down a little bit, Gardner. We had, there's a lot of possibilities for Jacksonville <laughs> that, that they may not be that, that excited about. Yeah, I, I looked into Minshew's numbers and the Jaguars' numbers, and again, you, you're right. I mean, it's something where he is playing like a top-10 quarterback when you look at some of the, the EPA numbers. Uh, I kind of cross-checked that with some stuff that they have over at ESPN because ESPN, their QBR was interesting last year because on his EPA per play measures, he was he was somewhat low. He was lowish compared to what you expected last year. He was very low there uh, on QBR last season. He was you know top bottom five quarterback. He's twelve right now. So again, like you're saying, average, but maybe not as well as as some people are thinking. And I think one of these things though that goes into these EPA calculations is there's very high leverage on third and fourth downs. And if you look at what the Jaguars have done so far. Um, they're really converting these at a pretty high rate. It looks like the team has converted uh, 15 of the 23 times that they've gone to either third or fourth down um, that they've converted those. And I I just did a whipped up a real quick model uh, based upon the passing downs. And they've, they've converted on uh, 22, 22 of those attempts were passing attempts. And just looking at down, distance, where they are in the field, how much you'd expect them to convert versus how much they, 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 they actually did. And they, they have four more conversions than you would expect based upon their situations this year. And the leader for 2019 in that category um, was the San Francisco 49ers with 10 for the entire season. So they already have four. Um, of course, Derek Carr also has has four, and and the Raiders have four so far this season, because um, the internals on on their game actually weren't quite as good against the the Saints as some people may have thought. So I think there is some there is some potential regression there. But like you said, we're, we're not saying that he is this top five quarterback. We're saying that he could be average, and I think that still plays out even if you take out those high leverage third and fourth down numbers. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, uh, th- those those are a lot more variable that have a lot more variance to them, obviously, compared to, you know, first and second down. Um, you know, one of the uh, things you also see on the other side of the EPA is that the uh, 
Dolphins defense is the worst in the league right now through two weeks. And, uh, you know, so this this might be a while while you would expect some regression there, you know, uh, if you're looking for defenses that are going to challenge Minshew or make him have a harder time, this is probably not the week. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes we assume that progression uh, is going to be linear for these teams. So the Dolphins, you know, they they did their tank last season. Um, they loaded up on draft capital. They brought a bunch of these guys in. So then this season, they're going to take a step forward. And and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I think a good example is is the Browns, where they really did the full clearing the decks and tanking in 2016 and then in 2017 is when they went up they ended up going 0 and 16 um even though they had more talent coming in there that talent that rookie talent doesn't necessarily you know take the leap to the next level immediately so i think a lot of different systems have the dolphins of being the worst team in the nfl our our elo power rankings do um some others do so i think that's a that's an interesting angle on it uh just to dig into some of the specifics here of our green line yeah it doesn't really like either side of it it sees a little bit more value uh, or i should say less negative value on the on the jaguars if you wanted to take them on on the money line but um yeah there just isn't isn't much here do you have any any opinions on on the uh, on the total or on the side here um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I kind of more or less line up with green line, especially if you're getting a minus two and a half. It's might be a little a little spicy, right? If the game falls on three, you still win. But, I, you know, this isn't a game necessarily that I'm particularly excited to take on that. The total has gone up from 44 to 48 since week two, you know, which is, again, kind of reflecting uh, back on. Uh, you know, Minshew having a, a a pretty doing about performing above expectations of ours certainly wasn't because the Dolphins performed above expectations. So no, no, um, cer- certainly not. Although Fitzpatrick didn't completely implode yet, so that's that's continuing on, and, and people like him a lot. I know that um, some people and PFF people like to say that he's <laughs> that he's he's one of the better quarterbacks at <laughs> the AFC East. So um, yeah, l- l- let's look at the props. Let's let's look at our props tool here to see if we can we can juice out any value. So once again, as always, I think this is like a broken record. We're going to be looking at unders mostly here because that's where the uh, the overall macro picture is is pointing us towards. Uh, and number is some of the values actually flipped around a little bit on here recently. But the one that I was looking at was this uh, Mike Jasicki under now that looks like the line on here has changed to four. It was three and a half before. Now it's four. We're projecting at three point nine receptions for him. Uh, but so the odds to the under, it's minus 110 and it's minus 135 to the over. So that's getting boosted up. And the reason I think this is interesting is, you know, I, I'm detail. I work a lot with our projections. I have him for a 17.5% target share, which is below his 20.5%, which is one of the top of any tight end in the league that he's had so far this year. And I think my concern would be about him going into this game is Devontae Parker should be healthy going into this game. Preston Williams, he had the ACL surgery last year. He's hopefully starting to round into form. Uh, Miles Gaskin has has been someone you didn't really suspect to be a big part of their offense, but then he's taking about a 15% target share out of the backfield. So I think there are a lot of different things that could come together for um, Jasicki to have a difficulty getting to that 20% number. And I think there's a stronger possibility. You know, this is one of the better matchups, despite the fact that they're an underdog. This is one of the better matchups that Miami is going to have this year to potentially get into a game script where they're not going to have to pass the ball uh, uh, versus, you know, playing the Patriots or playing the Bills. 
yeah no uh that makes a lot of sense about the 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 matchup and uh yeah obviously with more targets right more potential targets with increased health and stuff you're gonna you're gonna see it spread out a little more so yeah i i think that it's certainly always happier being on the unders than on the overs as the green line tool itself shows yeah, yeah. I mean, and if you look at some of the other unders that we have, we do have Gaskin uh, going under two and a half. Again, it's where the odds are are uh, plus one hundred five to the under, so that's a little bit in our favor there. Um, Minshew under one and a half touchdowns. I think we talk about we've talked about this before. If you need, you know, in order to hit that, you need to get two touchdowns. Getting two touchdowns is like getting thirty-two touchdowns in a season, which is something not a lot of quarterbacks are able to do. So that's why uh, you're getting value on that two plus one fifteen into to the under. So the, there, I think there are a lot of plays here because there's enthusiasm in here. Not only has the line moved, but you know, like you said, the total has moved up too. So we may want to want to fade some of that enthusiasm. Yeah, and I think there, yeah, like the perception too. Like he, uh, Minshew had three touchdowns so far in each in the past two games, and you know, you, you're going to usually expect a little bit more of a balance between running and passing touchdowns, just because of you know how the how the game happens to how the drive happens to go, and so yeah, I think the the under makes sense there as well. Okay, so let's flip over for our last little segment here to talk about Showdown, which is kind of one of my specialties here. So this contest, $1.5 million contest at DraftKings is the biggest contest. This is an interesting one because there aren't a lot of marquee players. I mean, we talked about the fact that there's more enthusiasm around Gardner Minshew, and he's the highest-priced player on the slate. But someone like DJ Chark, who's near the top, hasn't performed that well. He's only he's only gathered about 12% of targets this year. We'd expect him to be closer to 20, and that's held his numbers down. Uh, Devontae Parker is another high-priced skill position guy. He has been injured in and out. And then there's James Robinson, who's it's kind of an interesting play for the Jaguars because he is he's totally dominated that backfield. He got all of the running back carries in week one. He got nearly all the running back carries in week two. And he's not a total zero in the passing game. He's getting about seven, eight percent target share there. Um, Chris Thompson is still dominating the target share there, but he's not a zero. So if you look at that type of workload on a high powered offense, which some people maybe don't think the Jaguars are high powered, but they think they're better than than, 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 than you'd expect. That's another guy who looks kind of interesting here. I don't know if you have any any feelings about these two offenses as far as the particular players are concerned. Uh, no, you know, what you said to me about, you know, the running, getting a, if you have a guy who's got going to get most of the carries in the game and, and you know, is getting at least some targets, that's a lot of points. And I don't know what his uh, salary is. You, you follow this stuff much, much more closely than I do. But, you know, the Jaguars, again, they're performing pretty well as an offense. We we talked about perhaps some regression, but Miami is not a team that is gonna, you know, be doing be doing a ton to stop them compared to other opponents. And so that makes a that makes a lot of sense to me. And honestly, the the Jaguars defense is not great either. They're still in like the bottom ten by EPA per play. And so yeah, there's a lot of opportunities in this one, I think. And what the angle you're talking about makes a lot of sense to me, assuming that the the prices make sense. Yeah, yeah, and um, Gas—I mean, not Gaskin, but uh, uh, Robinson—is skewed towards towards the rushing attempts. And hey, this is probably one of the the few, if any, uh, opportunities Jaguars are going to have to be a favored team and to potentially have that positive game script. 
Um, looking at some other players on the slate, I mean, I do think Chris Thompson is is an interesting play because he's getting uh, you know a, a ten plus target share. That if they happen to fall behind and things do not go according to plan, that he's someone could follow there. Uh, Preston Williams, I'm also finding him as being slightly undervalued. I know he's looked a step slow gaining back from that ACL injury, but he's someone who can pop out here and. Um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I know no one, no one loves him. Uh, who knows if, if things go really south, maybe he maybe won't even make it to, to the second half, but he is not afraid to throw the ball down the field. And typically the quarterbacks end up being good flex options. So I think that he's also a strong option option there. Um, I, I don't know what your feeling is Lee about, about Fitz magic. He's, he's, he's graded pretty well and he's actually performed pretty well on an EPA basis last season. Um, but we'll see how limited his time is this year. Yeah, I, I think he's underrated. Obviously, we expect the Dolphins at some point to switch to Tua. Who knows exactly, you know, what's going to trigger that or how that's going to go down. But the the fact, you know, I think before the Patriots signed Cam Newton, certainly, you know, I, I thought he may have been one of the I think I like to joke that the Dolphins had the best two quarterbacks in the AFC East. Right. I think, you know, they they. That's a he did he did very well for them last year in a year that they were not supposed to do anything and and he gave them some life and and is continuing to do so now so I you know I and but I think he's probably going to be get less attention relative to Minshew and so if you're see if you see that reflected in the prices it makes sense to me to to as an option there yeah yeah I mean the the names are not marquee but there's some excitement there's some juice. For this for this matchup, and that's that's all we can really we can really ask for. So, Lee, thank you for for joining me here to talk Thursday night football. Uh, once again, we're coming to you every single day here on the PFF Daily Podcast to talk about the betting and DFS angles that you're seeing, and we'll be talking at you tomorrow. Thanks.